You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others. Well, hey, Gospel Hope, and welcome to the Reconciling Hope Podcast. And today, we're going to continue our conversation here through our identity series that we've been walking through. So Pastor Rod led us through a session on uh, Ephesians 4, uh, verses 17 and following, uh, which is really a passage that's about growth and change. So Rod, thanks for that sermon. And I know I was encouraged and um, man, I want to take a minute and just kind of dive a little bit more into that here today. So you, you kicked off the sermon with some stories of transformation, um, whether it was uh, Weight Watchers or Home Makeover or whatever it was. Um, why do you think people in general are attracted to stories of transformation? Well, one, I think transformation is encouraging because no matter whether you are rich or poor, um, whether you consider yourself to be young or old, happy, you're living your best life now, or your worst life now, we all want to know that change is possible because we all recognize that life is so transitory that at some point we're going to be in a position, regardless of our current position, even if it's awesome, we all know we're going to be in a position where we want dynamic change in our lives. You know, uh, I think stories of transformation are attractive because one, um, they are they are not shows. They're not make-believe. It's like real people. We can look at them and say, man, this person is just like me or this person, I could be just like them, right? Whether it's the weight loss thing or whether it's whatever, there's just something about it that's really sticky um, for us because we can see ourselves in those stories or we can see others or we, um, and we want to believe that real change, real authentic change is possible, which is just a reflection of our heart's desire and our predisposition or uh, our wiring for redemption. Mm-hmm. We want to know that change is possible. That's good. That's good. Um, so r- relatedly, you know, y- your whole message was really about growing in the gospel and how it transforms us. And uh, you just kind of had this, maybe it wasn't a throwaway sentence, but a sentence that you said as you were going through there. And, and this idea that growing in the gospel, in a sense, is like walking through a hot dog factory. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, I think we all as a nation, maybe even as a world, and I'd be agree, <laughs> delicious. Uh, you know, nobody denies that hot dogs generally have high approval rating in almost every culture. Um, they're, 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 it's a good piece of meat, I guess. Meat. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think, you know, the moment that a person, if there's ever a person that I've met that was an anti-hot dog person, it's simply because they've gone to like a facility or a factory or maybe got some in-depth insight as to what's really inside of a hot dog, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Even your best of the best brands, uh, if you see what they are made of, so walking through a hot dog factory and how things are made, there's some alarming truths. (laughs) And what's interesting about that is that it's always been true and it never changed our appetite. But the moment that we come into contact with these alarming truths, of what's in hot dogs, all of a sudden, the power to change the appetite for them or the, the reality of what they are, 
all of a sudden uh, inspires change. And so that's what I mean by that. And I, I, there's there's a variety of different things that probably fit that mold, but that's what I meant by the the walk through the hot dog factory. I, I'm certain that in every industry, there's a quote unquote dirty secret um, or just a reality that's behind the scenes that if most people knew, you'd be like, oh my gosh, you know? Um, you know, whether it's the blue light on the hotel beds or someone showing you how many particulates are airborne during a sneeze, you know, all these little insights that are, they're true right now and always have been. But the moment that we become deeply acquainted with those truths, it has this really powerful way of forging a decision or empowering us to go, ooh, regardless of how I may have viewed that in the past, I need to make a change. Mm -hmm. So that, that's, what I, that's what I meant by it. So mm -hmm. that's good. I'm gonna ruin hot dogs. Right, right, that wasn't the intent, good. <laughs> um, so, you know, you used the illustration um, as you were talking through that, man, if you're having to bite your tongue all the time, um, mm -hmm. man, the, the first dozen times, that might be fine. But right. if, if what's wanting to spill out of your mouth is consistently yeah. trash, um, then, then at some point you got to take a deeper look than just closing the lid. Uh, you have to figure out how to transform those appetites. And so, man, in our culture right now, this idea of, you know, burn culture or clapback culture is, mm -hmm. is so popular. Like you got to get the last word. You got to make sure yeah. you're the, you're the person that looks best at the end of the conversation. Um, why is it so important that we don't just close the lid as it were, but really focus on changing our hearts? Yeah. So, you know, I was really um, dialing in on that passage there in First Peter chapter, you know, three, verse 15, where we are told to sanctify under the Lord's in our hearts as holy uh, and let that also um, drive the way that we uh, give an answer for the hope that is within us. And then it goes on to say, and do it with respect, do it within a way that um, our words would have a redeeming effect on people. And it would be, if, some, if someone's going to be put to shame, it would be by the consistency of our actions and our words, not because we clap back or put them in a place. I think this is important because we are called to win hearts, not win arguments, right? Even, you know, even at the deepest levels, I mean, you know, my, my background is in apologetics and, you know, Winning an argument only gets only gives you so much runway. That person just wants to come back and study more and 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 best you in the conversation. They want to develop more proof points and data to strengthen their argument. If all you're doing is just winning arguments, clapping back, so to speak, or you're besting people on social media or uh, or on Zoom or wherever. Um, but the body of Christ, us, our job as if you want to call it agents of transformation is man, we're trying to, we, we want to impact people's hearts. We really want to win people to Jesus, not just win fans to our side of the, ide the ideological argument. Or we're not just trying to uh, uh, score points, if you will, on social media, garner likes. We really are trying to win hearts, we're trying to win people. And, I, and, and the effort to win hearts to Jesus may also result in me finding out that some of my positions need to be redeemed, uh, need to be revisited. If I'm just trying, but if I'm just trying to win an argument, it's all about me. But if I'm trying to win hearts, who am I winning to? I'm trying to win them to the Lord. So I, I think that's why it's so important to recognize in our identity as a body of Christ. We are not 
we are not the DNC, the GOP, the NRA, or the NAACP. We're not pick your, you know, you know, acronym for your organization. We're not some organization jockeying for position on a national stage fighting for our existence. Our existence is guaranteed by the cross of Christ. We are here battling to advance the gospel, which is a message to, to capture the hearts of humanity and not just show people that we've got the best rhetoric. So right. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I, I fear sometimes that um, we can reduce Christianity to uh, behavior modification, mm-hmm. but but Christ's scalpel cuts deeper than that. Like he he doesn't want to just change what we do. He wants to change who we are. Um, and man, I, I thought that was a great illustration that you used there about renovation. You want you want renovation, not just take out the trash, as it were. Um, so, you know, we're in our identity series right now and talking about growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. As you were working through this text, uh, what were you primarily thinking about? So I, mean, I couldn't steer clear of or, or the idea of personal transformation that comes from growing in my relationship with God, growing in the gospel. But then it seemed like even all four of the points had this uh, impact about just my growing relationship with the world. Because if my transformation is authentic, it's undeniable. Well, undeniable to who? It's not just undeniable to me. It's undeniable to the people that I work with if my ambitions are changing. It's undeniable to the people that I socialize with if my appetites and the way that I respond to people are changing. It's undeniable um, in, in a lot of different ways. So I was thinking about, one, growing in the gospel vertically, but that I, but it was even, I think, the final application being you know, agents of transformation, also thinking about growing in my relationship with the world, but as a product of growing in the gospel. So I guess it's maybe like a 60-40 balance between, mm-hmm. uh, you know, growing uh, you know, up in my relationship with the Lord and then, of course, um, out in my relationship with the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. And then how does this text display the reconciling hope of the gospel? Well, I I think this text lets us know that um, transformation, as I may have said at a couple points in the message, is both supernatural and practical. And it is possible, first of all, that that in Christ, real and authentic change that we may not even thought was possible is possible. And I think uh, no matter where a person is in their life, whether they find themselves, hey, it's early 2021 and they're trying to change in some very practical ways, God wants to be involved in that conversation. The, the reconciling hope of the gospel uh, wants to produce real and authentic change, not just behavior modification, not just goal acquisition, not just success and more robust finances. But I believe that God is trying to uh, change us and not he, he ain't changing the gospel can and the gospel does. Those who will really grow in the gospel will experience real change in areas that they thought were the most resistant. And so there's no area of life that we should be hopeless, um, believing that that area can't be changed, regardless of how ingrained it is. And so I, I think that's where the uh, gospel offers us a, a reconciling hope. Mm, amen. Yeah. I mean, the gospel is fundamentally, it's a message of change. Um, yeah. It tells you you can be something that you weren't yeah. and yeah. Uh, you can transform fundamentally. So amen. Well, thanks for that word. I know I was encouraged and, um, uh, man, some great practical applications out of that. And looking forward to next week as we kind of round out uh, this series with um, 
with a call really to live in community. Uh, our Connect Sunday or Group Reboot, as we're calling it, where we want to encourage everybody to get plugged in to real, authentic, lasting relationships. So don't miss it this week. We're going to do something a little different on Sunday. So it won't be your typical Sunday morning sermon. So I hope you'll join us either in person or online for that. And then after that, we're going to launch into a new series that we're calling True Treasure, which are parables through uh, Luke's gospel that help us to look at how we think about the resources that God has entrusted to us. So uh, exciting things ahead here, and we're excited about launching into that new series. So Rod, thanks again. Appreciate your ministry, brother. And uh, looking forward to next week. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services Sundays at 11 a.m. or check out gospelhopechurch.com.